Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm Carl Richter here with reporter Lori Dunn. Hi, Lori. Hey, how are y'all? Uh, it's another special report on the Taylor Parker trial. We're entering the, or have entered the punishment phase. Yes. And have had how many days of testimony in that so far? There have been five. Um, we did not have court this Monday. We had court last Wednesday and Thursday, and then this Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So it's been five days. And it's all prosecution so far. It is all prosecution so far. And, and what does the prosecution seem to be trying to do? They're trying to show um, a the moral character or lack of character maybe in, in Taylor Parker. Things that aren't directly related to the crime itself, but but the, a history, um, a history of fraud, a history of lies, a history of faking illnesses, poor job performance, doctor shopping, um, lots of failed friendships, just everything that kind of brought her to the point of the crime is what the prosecution is trying to, to show. There were some, uh, also some Recordings of phone calls she made while in jail. Yes, correct? yes, those were um, those were very interesting. the The jury heard several calls between Parker and her mother, Shauna Pryor, after you know Parker was already in jail for the crime, ranging from late twenty twenty after her arrest to earlier this year. Is the prosecution uh, trying to show that she doesn't have any remorse with that? Yes, a lot. A lot of it is the lack of remorse. That that is kind of their angle for asking for the death penalty is is the lack of remorse, and the phone calls. One of the most effective, I thought, was you did hear Taylor Parker at least acting a little upset when. She was telling her mother that her ex-husband, Tommy, would not let their young son speak to Taylor on the phone while she was in jail. And she showed a little, or was trying to tell her mother that that upset her. And her mother, her mother pretty much came right back and said that Taylor should have thought of her children before she did what she did. Right. And Taylor pretty much just effectively changed the subject with her mother. Didn't address that or anything. And wasn't there some testimony that she tried to frame another inmate or something like that? Yeah, they have not gone into a lot of detail on that, but she uh, apparently was manipulating people she was in jail with and, and maybe trying to frame someone who was already in jail for another crime but had no connection to what happened with Reagan Hancock. So I guess that just goes to show this sort of pattern of right. manipulation it, continuing yes. even after she was arrested. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't really slow down in jail. And, and one of the uh, some of the testimony was a counselor who part of her were her volunteer work is counseling inmates. And she was she's even counseled. Taylor Parker since the conviction, which has only been a couple of weeks. And she, she testified about the the uh, chaos that, that Parker could kind of cause in jail um, 
wearing makeup when inmates aren't supposed to wear makeup, uh, trying to get attention from male inmates, um, asking to be, you know, stay up later out in the central area so she could watch TV. She wanted to see herself on the news, according to testimony. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And at one point she lashed out at her boyfriend, her former boyfriend. Yes. Yes. And Wade. Th- the one she was doing all this for, according right. to prosecutors. Something about her her mother brought up something about hot checks and T- Taylor Parker just pretty much snapped at her mother that she was not going down for hot checks and she would she would mess Wade up. She didn't say <laughs> mess though. Right. <laughs> Uh, and there was uh, testimony from her former mother-in-law and an ex-husband. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Tommy, Tommy Walcasey, her first husband, gets a little complicated, but I believe he was her first husband and the father of her son. He testified about how their, their marriage kind of deteriorated because of lies and things like that. And then also how... How everything is, how hard everything's been on his son, and why he chose not to allow his son to talk to his mother in jail. And the mother-in-law talked about um, her relationship with her kids. Yes. Now, uh, when you say mother-in-law, do you mean Wade's mother? Yeah, I, okay, I guess so that's right. They, yeah. they weren't married, so it was not her right, technical right, mother-in-law. Right. But yeah, it was Wade's mother and kind of a mother-in-law figure. She did. She she babysit um, Taylor's daughter Emerson a lot after Taylor moved in with with Wade, and she she testified about about some things that she witnessed. Um, you know, Emer- Emerson being left alone a lot and not having a place to sleep. In I mean, w- Wade did have a little house. It was it was a very small house, but the the kids. Emerson and, and Trey, her, her brother, when he was there, were sleeping, both of them on a couch, and Emerson was having some neck problems because of the pillow. So Connie, Wade's mother, went out and, and got a bed for Emerson and, and put it in the loft area of the cabin so Emerson would have her own place. And it, it sounded like Taylor never even acknowledged that, never even showed any kind of appreciation or anything like that. So they, they kind of had... Connie and Taylor kind of had a, a rocky relationship, but Taylor did have a pretty good relationship with Wade's dad, Jimmy Griffin, and actually sent him a letter from jail talking about um, the relationship she had with him. But it, it also seems to be a pattern that Taylor always had good relationships with men, yeah, <laughs> better than women until you know until. Until she didn't, until breakups happened and things like that. But she she tried harder with men, it Mm. seems like. Um, We also heard something about her employment history and and conflict she had with employers and what a bad employee she ever was. Some of that came out in the um, guilt or innocence phase, but a lot more of it has come out in the punishment about kind of being a toxic employee, not getting along with people. not going to work very often. Um, faking illnesses. Yes. Well, faking illnesses has been a constant through, mm. throughout the whole thing. But she was hired at Cooper Tire in March of 2020, which we all know was like right as COVID was starting. 
So she she probably only worked a few days before they went on furlough. And then everybody came back in April. Well, all of a sudden, she had COVID, she said. Or she'd been exposed to COVID. And then her her history was just, her employment history was just very sketchy. She, she caused um, other people in the payroll department at Cooper Tire to work a lot of extra time to make sure the Cooper Tire employees got paid. Yeah, it's a really big company, and they weren't in the factory. They worked seven days a week. So her manager and payroll testified that they're always kind of playing catch-up with payroll because the the women in the payroll office work five days a week. The people out in the factory work seven. So they're always kind of having a step behind, you know, and they got really behind when they couldn't when they couldn't rely on Taylor. So, and that's part of what the prosecution is trying to show too, is how widespread, how, how many people were affected, you know, um, it's like a a whole factory basically being affected. And then yesterday, the, the last testimony of the day was from police officers in Mount Pleasant who had to evacuate the Mount Pleasant hospital when Taylor called it a bomb threat. Oh, wow. And just talking about how, you know, that's just kind of the worst place for a bomb threat. You've got people in intensive care. You've got newborn babies. You've got women in labor. You've just, it was an ordeal. It was, they all testified about what an ordeal it was to do that. So the prosecution is kind of trying to show how, how many people were put out, affected, stressed, by, by her constant by. misbehavior, to yes. say the least. Yes. More than one person testified that she sort of scared them. Yes. That she, that she was quick to anger. and Yes. And several different people all separately on the witness stand, and witnesses can't hear any other testimony, so all independently said about the dark look that would come over her face, just a chilling, dark look when you crossed her. Mm-hmm. And her her friend Stephanie Ott, who actually threw the gender reveal for her, even felt threatened enough in her own home that she went and picked up a knife mm-hmm. because of the look Taylor gave her. That's just creepy as can be. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I don't know. I think I think that might be effective on on the jury because there just seem to be a lot of common stories from from people in all walks of life, from her managers at work to former friends, former in-laws. So kind of a big theme. Yeah. Uh, do you have any sense of when the prosecution will rest in this part? I really don't. Um, I, I know that the judge wants everything done before Veterans Day. So that would be November 11th. Yeah. So that would be like all of next week and the week after that. And then uh, I guess testimony could continue or uh, up until the very beginning of of the week of the 11th. So I, I'm thinking the prosecution might rest this week because I think the defense, and this is kind of their time to shine, they're going to mm-hmm. have some witnesses. So I think, and I, I know the judges talked to them about their time length and, and what is needed. So I'm thinking the defense could start next week. Yeah. 
It'll be really interesting to see yes. what, what they do to try to keep her off death row. Yes, it is going to be interesting. Well, uh, we know you'll be covering it well, and we'll be following along, and everybody Thank can you. read about it in the Gazette. All right. Thanks a lot. On the line is a Texarkana Gazette podcast recorded in Star Bear Studio, right here in downtown Texarkana, USA. Follow On the Line on Twitter at O-T-L-T-X-K and on our website, texarkanagazette.com slash podcast. To support the show, post a positive review wherever you get your podcasts. The show is written, produced, and edited by yours truly, Carl Richter. And I'd love to hear from you. Email me at krichter.com at texarcanagazette.com I'll see you next time on the line.